Blog Talk Radio. One source for knowledge in the information age. High frequency radio network.
pistol. How I think blowed out of my mind. Feeling like committing a crime. Get a lot for that. I won't snitch, I ain't dropping a dime. I'm a self-made hustler, top of the line. I'm Foundation, and you know we are high frequency. Will we understand incorrect information incorrectly applied can get you hurt? Correct information incorrectly applied can get you hurt. So we are always applying that correct information correctly here at the foundation, and we ain't playing no games. But first, I want to start off by giving all thanks praises and honors to the creator and the ancestors for without them we would not be here i want to say peace big up salute shout out what up to my big brother i call him uncle yusuf l because he's the uncle of this conscious community and you know he's been doing his dance for years a lot of us came up under yusuf l brothers like taj Tariq, obashango toriano l you know uh you know, I could, you know, hey, those are the two, the three names I'm going to say right now. You know what I mean? So shout out to the big brother. As always, High Frequency Radio Network creator, Private Side Solutions, um, SPC University, period, PrivateSideSolutions.com. Get your SPC Secure Party Creditor Dance on, you know. Go over there, mosey over there with the big brother. You know what I'm saying? I would like to welcome you to check out welcome to thefoundation.com. Absolutely. Sign up for the email list for the exclusive content and exclusive offers. And then go ahead and do your dance, you know, shake and bake over there to the PDF section. Get your free learn on, download and go move around. You only have to you know, say thanks, you don't have to say where you got it from, you can just go out there and be like, hey, look what I found on my own, and really you got it from the PDF section of yeah, it's cool, that's cool ain't no shame, no shame in the game but definitely check out that educational tab, we got the Foundation Trust Primer over 18 documents handpicked by yours truly so you can start understanding what type of trust we're talking about, there's over 80 different types of trust and if anyone says they know them all, they straight up lying to you. They jive turkeying. Out there jive turkeying. And with that, you can get that Foundation Trust Series, Part 1, Part 2, Part 3. Breaks down 
the type of trust that we're dealing with in the presentation format. Some people are more visual and you need a presentation. We got that for you. You got it in the PowerPoint format, throwing up case law, definitions, all types of stuff on the foundation trust series. Make sure you check that out as well as we got the foundation passport, no social part one and part two. The brother Chris L. came through the foundation and put it down. Stomped footprints and solid rocks over here with that passport, no social. You know, separating the name from the living, breathing. And he goes through how to do that step by step in part one. He says part one is how to obtain it. Part two is how to use it. And you can find all that at the education tab at welcometothefoundation.com. As well as you can find all of the social media pages, the Facebook page, the Instagram page, the Twitter page, if you're into that dance. And last but not least, of course, you can book a consultation. You can also make a donation if you choose. All at the same stop, uh, same stop, same spot. Welcome to the foundation.com. I want to say peace to all the listeners. We're going to start off by saluting all the archive listeners. The podcast listeners, MP3 listeners. And then we're going to move on to the peace to all the live callers, all the live listeners, the live internet listeners, the internet listeners themselves. You know, however you're checking out the show, whether it's live or an archive format, I want to say peace to you. And yo, peeps. That's as well as want to say peace to everyone. Um, that it is in trustee training here at the foundation, all the private trustees and private trustee training, as well as all those investing in their private education, you know. I also want to say peace to anyone and everyone we have done business with in the private, via consultation or otherwise. Also, anyone who has sent an email, well wishes, a current event, or otherwise added to the foundation definitely want to say what's up we getting started a little early didn't play the music too long got a lot of current events i want to get into the topic are you ready to be private a lot of people want stuff that you're not ready for some people you know want a bunch of money want to win the lottery but you don't know how to manage money you know that happens all the time You know, sometimes we want things that we're not ready for. And I'm asking you straight up, are you ready to be private? You know, so I want to thank you for being here. Shout out, salute to you, investing in your private education, taking time. You can be doing anything, anything at all in this Mercury ruled Wednesday. But you chose your dance over here with us. And we we appreciate that here at High Frequency and the Foundation. So let's. Jump into these current events, player. Playboy, yeah. You understand what I'm saying? Current events. Let's do this dance. Finance.yahoo.com dollar shares of global reserve sinks to lowest point since 1990. Fizzle. 95. That was a while ago, man. Brothers was chilling back then. Bloomberg. And that's that's not a good deal. And, you know, I, that's what I'm going to say. The shares of global reserves and the dollar is the global reserve. It's the world reserve currency at the moment. And it has sunk to the lowest point 
since 1995. Y'all want to check that out? You can check out finance.yahoo.com. That's where I'm looking at it. What else we got? Wolf Street. I had to find this. It took me a second. I guess they're trying to not let your boy get this info. Wolf Street. WolfStreet.com. FHA mortgage delinquencies hit 17.5% in 30 metro areas, over 20%. On the other side of this red hot housing market, a historic delinquency problem has been fermenting since last spring, largely put on ice and on hold by forbearance programs. Waiting to be dealt with the Federal Housing Administration, which ensures nearly 8 million high-risk Mortgages reported that the delinquency rate of its mortgages rose to 17.5% in February, up from 17% even in January, matching the all-time records of September and November last year, according to the AEI's Housing Center. Quote, low down payments, low closing costs, and, excuse me, easy credit qualifying the FHA promises, FHA mortgages always have high delinquency rates, even during the good times when they were already rising. But during the panorama, delinquencies ballooned and they're not improving in any way. Despite the improving economy, the, the, the excuse me, wow, the delinquency rate for the largest 169 metropolitan statistical areas rather than the overall United States. Dates accounting for about 6 million of FHA mortgages rose to 17.9%. Quote, seriously delinquent mortgages, 90 days or more delinquent in February rose to a record 12% for the U.S. overall and 12.4% for the largest 169 metropolitan statistical areas. The delinquency rate exceeded 20% in 30 of 169 metropolitan statistical areas. I'm going to just go to MSAs from this point on. Topping out in the metro of Nassau County, Suffolk County, New York, at 24.8% among those 30 metro areas. The 20% plus delinquency rates for four metros in Texas, four metro areas in Louisiana, three metro areas in New York, three metros in New Jersey, and two in Pennsylvania. And when forbearance ends, rumors of a PERMA forbearance are now floating around given the multiple extensions of forbearance programs that no one has any political appetite to let expire, but those are just rumors. Eventually, those programs will end and then the delinquent mortgages will have to be dealt with. Borrowers, borrowers man, who can do so will resume making payments either with the missed principal and interest added to the end of the mortgage or with the lender agreeing to modify the mortgage, this could cure the delinquency and bring the mortgage current. Borrowers who cannot or don't want to make mortgage payments can sell the home and use the proceeds to pay off the mortgage, including the missed interest payments. If the borrower fails to sell the home and pay off the mortgage, the lender can foreclose and sell the home. In either case, those homes are going to show up on the market. Player. I'm interested to know what y'all think. We're on the Discord. If you're in the Discord server, what do you think about these mortgages when the mortgage moratorium ends? Do you think there's going to be an influx of houses on the market, a la 2008, 2009? Do you think this is going to be taken care of? Some people think that this stimulus payments are going to continue. 
so-called helicopter money turning into universal basic income. What do you think? Holler at me in the Discord. Next, we got Bloomberg. U.S. consumer credit surges by the most since late 2017, player. U.S. consumer borrowing surged in February by the most since late 2017 as a broader reopening of the economy from the panorama helped spark an increase in credit card balances. Total credit jumped to $27.6 billion from the prior month, the largest gain since November 2017 after a revised $94 million January gain. Federal Reserve figures show today. On an annualized basis, borrowing rose 7.9% in the month of February. The gain in February credit exceeded all estimates in a Bloomberg survey of economists. Revolving credit climbed 8 $1.1 billion, the most since December 2019, and only the second advance in a year. Non-revolving credit, which includes auto and school loans, rose $19.5 billion, the biggest increase since June. Lending by the federal government, which is mainly for student loans, increased $5.7 billion before seasonal adjustment. The overall improvement in borrowing highlights a consumer that is growing more confident as the economy accelerates. Oh, is that what it is? Are you growing more confident? Or is your money really just hurting at this time? I don't know. I'm going to leave it up to you. Moving forward, CNBC. Wall Street breathes a sigh of relief as consumer prices rose only modestly. Do you agree? I don't agree. I don't think it was a modest increase. I know the food food is crazy. Gas is crazy. But hey, I don't know. You know, who's, who's keeping track? Maybe I'm probably just tripping. Wall Street breathe a sigh of relief after a closely watched inflation metric did not show any signs of spiking which could have triggered higher prices for consumers and also for corporate borrowers word okay Reuters.com U.S. still far from the Federal Reserve goals with support needed for quote some time even as the U.S. economy gathered steam this year, Federal Reserve officials remain cautious about the continuing risks of the panorama and committed to pouring on monetary policy support until a rebound was more secure. This is according to the minutes of the Central Bank's March meeting with their own forecast projecting the strongest run of economic growth in nearly 40 years. Quote, participants agreed that the economy remained far from the longer-run goals that the path ahead remained highly uncertain, end quote. This is from the Fed Minutes. Participants noted that it would likely be some time before conditions improved enough for the Federal Reserve to consider pulling its economic fiscal stimulating support. Though several policymakers at the March meeting indicated they think interest rates might need to increase sooner, than the bulk of their colleagues and perhaps as soon as next year there was little sense of urgency around that issue in the minutes labor markets are improving oh word but remain gashed by the panorama inflation would pick up the minutes noted but likely subside next year we'll see about that a recent jump in u.s treasury yields was quote generally viewed as reflecting the improved economic outlook word only a couple of officials cited a possible financial stability risk flowing from the Fed's current policy of near zero interest rates and $120 billion in monthly bond purchases, a setting 
the Fed says is locked in until the economy is well on its way to being healed. Okay, I mean, no, hey, sounds good, right? Sounds sounds luxurious. Moving forward, I found this on Grow. Grow.acorns.com. New car prices hit a record high. But don't wor- don't worry. Here's an easy way to save seven thousand dollars on your next buy. Drivers face a lot of decisions when buying a car, but choosing between purchasing their next brand new or slightly used one that may have the biggest financial impact. The average one year old used car costs a striking seventeen percent less than its new version, according to data from iCars.com. Since the typical price of new vehicle in the United States was $40,857 in January. That means the used version could cost as much, almost $7,000 less. To find which car models have the largest gap between the newest and one-year-old pre-owned versions, I see cars researchers analyzed asking prices for more than 2.6 million cars sold from August 2020 to March 2021. New cars in the analysis were from the model years 2020 and 2021, and used cars were from 2019 and 2020. The difference in cost between new and pre-owned was expressed as a percentage and rank. The takeaway, some new car models may not be worth buying, considering that you could save over $10,000, and in some cases, twenty grand by going with a lightly used model that's just one year older. I don't know. The used car market is crazy. I know that. Because, you know, a lot of people got laid off. And instead of getting a new new car, they want to get a used car. And a lot of people are doing that. So, you know, supply and demand. There's more demand. And a steady supply is going to increase prices. Bottom line, CNBC weekly jobless claims higher than expected despite signs of labor market improvement. I mean, that's not... Are you surprised? First-time claims for jobless benefits were higher than expected last week, with 719,000 more workers heading to the unemployment line. The Labor Department reported last Thursday the total compared to 670,000, I'm sorry, 675,000 estimate from Tao Jones, and was above last week's downwardly revived 658,000. Ouch, ouch. While the number of weekly claims remains inordinately high by historical measures, don't worry, the trend is falling now that the U.S. economy continues to reopen and nearly 3 million Americans are receiving the, the pokey pokes each day due to the cacao continuing claims, which run a week behind the headline number, fell by 46,000. Quote, taking the two weeks together, it's clear that the trend in claims is falling. Word. This is Ian Shepardson, chief economist at Pantheon Macroeconomics, who went on to say, quote, we expect a sustained sharp decline in the second quarter as the economy reopens, making it easier for businesses under financial stress to hold on to employees. I don't believe you. You need more people. CNBC, 24% of unemployed workers have been jobless for over a year. That's a quarter that's one out of every four people. That's 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 wow. That's ghastly. Gasp. Nearly a quarter of all unemployed workers in the US have been cut out of work for at least a year. 
a stretch of joblessness dating to the early days of the cloud panorama. The dynamic speaks to persistence and rising long-term joblessness even as the national unemployment rate falls. How can that be? Are they lying to me with these numbers? I believe so. The divergence is unusual during downturns and highlights the unequal or K-shaped nature of the economy. Breathtaking. In all, in all those long-term unemployed representing 24% of the 9.9 million total jobless workers last month, according to the Bureau, quote, I think that number is pretty breathtaking that nearly a quarter of unemployed workers have been unemployed for over a year. This is Heidi Scherholz, 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 I tried y'all, Director of Policy at the Economic Policy Institute and former Chief Economist at the Department of Labor from 2014 to 2017, who went on to say, quote, it really shows that even as the economy is recovering, you have a lot of the same people who have been unemployed throughout this whole damn thing, end quote. Yep, she said that. I didn't add that word. The statistics offer the first glimpse of a joblessness a year after officials began issuing lockdown orders to contain the clout and millions of Americans began filing for unemployment benefits. And that number is likely an undercount. It's an undercount since the department doesn't consider certain workers like those who left the labor force entirely due to the panorama health risks or child care duties and the share may rise next month since the current numbers only offer a snapshot through the middle of last month which doesn't quite align with the flood of unemployment filings toward late March and into early April. The Bureau doesn't break out these long-term unemployment numbers by industry but it's likely that workers among this group are over Represented in the hardest hit industries Oh we're over represented Like leisure and hospitality More than 3 million jobs in that sector Have yet to return Accounting for more than a third Of the total Doesn't sound good Sounds like a bad dance CNN business US is still in crisis But Can grow faster than China According to the St. Louis Federal Reserve President James Bullard says the U.S. economy hasn't turned the corner fully, but stimulus and America's poke-poke effort could help get the United States out of its current economic crisis after the sugar rush from trillions of dollars pouring into the economy could help America grow faster than China this year. I don't know. First moves Julia Chatterley spoke to Bullet Thursday. You're optimistic on the U.S. recovery. Talk us through what you see today and what you see going forward. Bullard, well, I think the data on the panorama in the U.S. suggests that the panorama is coming to a close. There continue to be risk out there, but it's certainly very encouraging. We have a poke-poke rollout that has gained steam, and if you look at the data, that looks very good, and that suggests that the U.S. economy is poised to boom in the year ahead. I've got 6.5% growth for the U.S. economy. That's very, very strong growth for this economy, possibly faster than China this year. And I think labor markets will improve dramatically from where they are right now. But we have to get the panorama under better control than we have 
today, but we're moving in the right direction. So I'm pretty optimistic that we can get this boom to occur. We can bring this episode to a close for the U.S. I'm, you know, his, 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 uh, his optimism just, just fills me, you know, anytime a federal reserve president is optimistic about the economy, it just fills me with the warm fuzzy dances. You know, y'all know what I'm talking about. The warm fuzzy dances. Reuters.com. U.S. trade deficit hits record high as the economy gains speed. How does that make sense? I don't know. United States trade deficit surged to record high in February as the nation's economic activity rebounded more quickly than that of its global rivals and could remain elevated this year with massive fiscal stimulus expected to spur the fastest growth in nearly four decades. The economy's roaring. Okay, you believe that? As increased poke poke in the and the White House's $1.9 trillion panorama rescue package boost dem- domestic, my bad, demand a chunk of which is being satiated with imports. President Joe Biden last week proposed a $2 trillion infrastructure plan expected to pull in even more imports and fire up economic growth. growth. Quote, the deficit could remain wide this year next because of fiscal stimulus and potential infrastructure package that could pass in a second half of the year. End quote. This is Ryan Sweet, a senior economist at Moody's Analytics in Westchester, Pennsylvania, who went on to say, quote, as the economy continues to strengthen, this will keep the deficit wide. End quote. The trade deficit jumped 4.8% to a record $71.1 billion in February, the Commerce Department said today. Economists polled by Reuters forecast a $70.5 billion deficit. The goods trade gap was also the highest on record ever. Exports dropped 2.6% to $187.3 billion. Exports of goods tumbled 3.5%, likely hurt by unseasonably cold weather across large parts of the country. Sure, that's the cold weather. No one's used to that. It never gets cold ever, right? We don't know how to deal with who who knows how to deal with cold temperatures? Who knows how to deal with summer temperatures? We're not ready for this stuff. The decline was led by shipments of capital goods, two and a half billion dollars. Consumer goods exports fell, as did those of motor vehicles, parts, and engines. There were also fewer fewer food exports. The panorama remained a drag on service exports and especially Travel. Well, that makes sense, right? What we got here? Business Insider, roughly 80,000 stores are doomed to close in the next five years as the retail apocalypse continues to rip through America. Another 80,000 stores are expected to close over the next five years as retail apocalypse continues to bear down on the U.S. That's according to a new report released by UBS analyst Michael Laser, Lasser, Lasser, I tried y'all, which predicts that the total number of retail stores will drop from 878,000 in 2020 to 797,000 by 2026. In the early months of the panorama last year, UBS predicted that 100,000 stores in the U.S. would close their doors by 2025. 
Amid the rise of e-commerce, the panorama, analysts said would result in shoppers permanently altering their shopping habits and accelerate a dependence on e-commerce over brick-and-mortar shopping. Now, UBS says that retailers fared better than expected over the last year. Store closures decelerated in 2020 versus 2019, which the firm chalks up to government stimulus and an overall shift in how people spent their money. Nah, man, that was the PPP loans. That was the economic, what is it? it? was the EIDL, economic disaster, whatever that was. Economic injury and disaster loan, that's what it was, EIDL. But the boost, warns UBS, is temporary. Quote, as the consumer backdrop normalizes, we think the challenges faced by undifferentiated retailers will become more apparent. End quote. UBS predictions follow a grim decade for the retail industry. Retailers have struggled to get back on their feet since the late aughts, which has led to private equity stepping in and mounting debt among mall brands. While store closures may have slowed slightly, retail vacancies rates are still nearing seven-year highs, and major brands announced more than one, I'm sorry, more than 12,000 store closures in 2020 alone. Ouch, ouch face, ouch face and neck. What we got here? CNBC News once again, Yellen, Janet Yellen, pushes for global minimum tax rate to create, quote, more level playing field. I don't like it. You like it? I don't like it. I don't like it. Higher corporate taxes are a key part of paying for President Joe Biden's $2 trillion infrastructure package in order to keep American multinational companies from being at a competitive disadvantage. The administration is lobbying for other countries to commit to a tax floor. What? How does that make sense? So, yo, we, we need to raise our taxes, so we need y'all to raise your taxes so we can stay competitive. I mean, come on, man. This is an area in which the United States is now trying to exercise some leadership. This is Eric Totter, Toter, Institute Fellow at Urban Brookings Tax Policy Center. Yelling called on other nations to support the initiative, saying that the U.S. is working with other G20 nations to develop and implement a global minimum tax. My goodness, y'all. Y'all, y'all, y'all hear this, man? They're trying to do a global minimum tax which she said would quote stop the race to the bottom end quote and foster more equitable economic growth among countries and regions quote together we can use a global minimum tax to make sure the global economy thrives based on a more level playing field in the taxation of multinational corporations and spurs innovation growth and prosperity end quote not even feeling it let's move on CNN business world leaders are making progress on a huge global tax overhaul. What we see this year is an acceleration in the the process. Italian finance minister Danielle Franco told reporters following a meeting of G20 finance ministers and central bank governors on what they call or what is known you know what I'm saying? As this 
global tax floor. I mean, come on, man, what's going on? But experts question whether a deal between the roughly 140 countries participating in discussions led by the Organization for Economic Cooperation and Development would be strong enough to force multinational companies to pay more taxes. Quote, I don't know whether they're going to be able to pull it off. This is Michael Moore, a professor of economics. You like how I said it? Economics? Economics at George Washington University's Elliott School of International Affairs, who went on to say it's hard to do things like this. You ain't lying. You ain't lying, Michael Moore. MSN.com. What y'all think about this? Bill Gates is trying to dim the sun, player. What? Let's start off. He, he, he's trying to dim the sun, but we're going to start off the article by saying how much he's worth, $118 billion, so what? Either way, the man has leisure, cash, and a penchant for making everything his plaything. This might explain why he is funding an Icarian experiment to block out the sunshine. My bad, Icarian. Like Icarus, right? Isn't that the, you know, flew too high? With the help of Gates, greenbacks is money. Harvard scientists are attempting to determine whether they can dim sunlight to cool down the planet Earth. The administrators of SCOPEX, or Stratospheric Controlled Perturbation Experiment, plan to test their sun-reflecting particle-splaying balloon in Sweden this year. The aim, quote, SCOPEX, is a scientific experiment to advance understanding of stratospheric aerosols that could be relevant to solar geoengineering, end quote. Run for your lives. It is not a test of solar, solar ge- geoengineering per se, reads the summer, summary. Instead, it will observe how particles interact with one another, with the background stratospheric air, and with solar and infrared radiation. The underlying assumption, so it seems, is the sun is doing something wrong. Fervent climate uh, meliorists think up some wild ideas, but this is one is on the next level. Remember when the sun was appreciated, even worshipped as a sustainer of life, that is? Or at least, do you remember reading about it? Quote, the law says the gardeners is the sun. Now the sun is viewed as an existential threat. People object to this experiment for different reasons. One Swedish greenie, what's a greenie, told Reuters, that it could create the impression that continuing use of fossil fuels is possible. Presumably, that would only happen if the chalk dust works. The scientists plan on using calcium carbonate. Another says that it violates a UN global moratorium on geoengineering. Still others suggest it will shift global rain patterns. Paul Vusen from Science Quote, unlike sulfates, which can lead to ozone loss, calcium carbonate is not particularly reactive. But because it does not exist naturally in the stratosphere, models for its behavior are uncertain. End quote. That's a peculiar example and a peculiar justification for his sci-fi methods. But don't mind Keith, don't mind Scopus or Gates. They just want to do what climatism insists we must never ever do in manipulating the environment I had a homie that used to say this all the time so I'm going to say it too, good gravy (laughs) NewYorkTimes.com the robots are coming to mow your lawn 
Gas-powered yard equipment spews noise and pollutants. Newer models using batteries or electricity are quieter and greener and might even manage themselves. Even before last winter's snow had fully melted, the roar of leaf blowers began to punctuate the quiet of many towns renewing noise battles that had only intensified as more people worked from home. Leaf blowers are not just loud. Oh, they're the culprits. The small gas power machines subject to less restrictive federal regulation than cars and trucks release large amounts of pollutants in the air. But Jamie Banks, the president of Quiet Communities, a nonprofit based in Lincoln, Massachusetts, said it's not one, I'm sorry, not a one machine issue. Quote, if you just focus on leaf blowers, it trivializes the whole problem. It's really the very widespread use of all polluting fossil fueled powered equipment that is at issue, end quote. She said, and of course, it's very noisy, too. Miss Banks, whose organization promotes the use of cleaner equipment to maintain green spaces, was the primary author of a 2015 report for the Environmental Protection Agency on the hazards of gas-powered equipment. To put the problem in perspective, according to the California's Air Resources Board, operating a commercial lawnmower for just one hour emits as much pollution as driving a Toyota Camry about 300 miles. For a commercial leaf blower, one hour of operation emits, emits pollution comparable to driving a Camry for 1,100 miles. Change may be, well, in the air. Technological advancements, including equipment that relies solely on longer-lasting lithium batteries, are reducing emissions and lowering the noise levels of many leaf blowers, lawnmowers, and even chainsaws. New and traditional manufacturers are offering electric as well as robotic equipment for home and commercial markets. And even after factoring in the emissions that result from the charging of equipment, the battery-operated equipment is greener, especially when the electricity is generated from renewable resources, of course. Of course, robotic mowers are more prevalent in Europe, where yards tend to be smaller. In the United States, a few companies have begun to offer robotic services, according to Frank Rossi, an associate professor at Cornell University College of Agriculture and Life Sciences. Quote, labor challenges in landscaping market are helping to bring about changes. This is Chris Kaiser, President and Chief Executive of the Outdoor Power Equipment Institute. For example, a labor shortage first propelled the Langton Group, a landscaping company in Woodstock, Illinois, to make the transition to emissions-free and quieter equipment about five years ago. So it's, the equipment is going to be quieter, but it's also going to be robotic. So those who do operate in landscaping as a laborer, you know, hey, watch out. And it's not only laborers. The Verge.com robotic lab assistant is 1,000 times faster at conducting research, working 22 hours a day, seven days a week in the dark. Researchers have developed what they say is a breakthrough robotic lab assistant able to move around a laboratory and conduct scientific experiments experiments just like a human. The machine, designed by scientists from the UK's University of Liverpool, is far from fully autonomous. It needs to be programmed with the location of lab equipment and can't design its own experiments. But by working seven days a week, 22 hours a day, with two hours to recharge every night, It allows scientists to automate time-consuming and tedious research they wouldn't otherwise tackle. It's time-consuming. It's tedious. 
It's how you make your money. But don't worry about it. The robots got this. In a trial reported in Nature Today, the robots creators led by PhD student Benjamin Berger said it was able to perform experiments 1,000 times faster than a human lab assistant with the speed up mostly due to the robot's ability to work around the clock without breaks. Ouch face. But Professor Andy Cooper, whose lab developed the robot, tells The Verge that speed is not necessarily the point. The main benefit of a tool like this, he says, is that it allows scientists to explore avenues of research they wouldn't waste a human's time on. How is it a waste if you're making money? You're able to take care of your family. You see how they're framing this stuff? Digital Trends, digitaltrends.com, meet Ghost Robotics, the Boston Dynamics of Combat Bots. Quote, we try not to refer to them as robot dogs. We refer to them as QUGVs, quadrupedal unmanned ground vehicles. With the high-pitched hum augmented by bass-heavy hydraulic hiss, the ramp of an Air Force transport aircraft lowers to the tarmac several Uniformed troops clad in camouflage fatigues disembark. Behind them trot two of Ghost Robotics QUGVs. Once they hit the ground, one robot immediately heads left. The other goes right, both departing to secure the area. The plane has landed in and scope out any potential threats. This is the vision of one of many ways a robot will be used in the military, but it's not pure speculation. This scene, exactly as described, was demonstration carried out by Ghost Robotics earlier this year at an Air Force base. Quote, imagine every time the Air Force goes somewhere to refill, to pick up supplies, or to protect our fighter jets on the tarmac, our robots climb out and do a permit perimeter of security. Ghost Visions, 60 robots will soon be used to patrol on base, enhancing security and surveillance at the Tyndall Air Force Base east of Panama City, Florida. Initially, these robots are remote controlled by an operator. We're going to be building a cooler one instead of using a pair of joysticks and a Samsung phone. But that could soon change. Maybe nine months from now, 12 months from now, you'll be able to beam a map to the robot and it'll do another route with a geofence perimeter. You can get better and better and do more unique things. But let's start somewhere. The robot they had developed, a four-legged canine-looking robot, was a platform robust enough for the kinds of hard-scrabble applications the military might want to use it for. Under the company's guidance, what followed was several years of iteration as the team refined its creation. The question of military robots is a thorny one. Robots of war is a science fiction concept that alarmingly has crossed over into the real world over the past several years. Decades, organizations like the Defense Advanced Research Projects Agency, or DARPA, have long funded research into artificial intelligence and robotics. Speak to virtually any aging AI pioneer who worked during the field's early days, and they will tell you about long, open-ended budgets able to fund many a research laboratory. More still to come. Ghost Robotics isn't always going to be about dog robots or quadrupedal unmanned ground vehicles, though. While there will continue to be innovation in the area of canine-inspired bots, 
Um, the company doesn't see this as a company's one and only superstar product. Thinking of Ghost as a dog robot company would be like seeing Apple's ambitions as being purely an iPhone company. What the company sees as Ghost's most compelling proposition is an intellectual property, the algorithmic control software, the core electronics, the custom motor controllers. Quote, eventually our core intellectual property will drive bipeds, maybe hexapeds, which have six legs. There will be next generation prosthetics, human enhancement systems, Iron Man suits, and even ultra agile, touch sensitive robotic arms. The real way to build robots is to build them like Star Wars, all sorts of shapes and sizes. Y'all ready for this? I got a couple more, and let's do this dance. Biden White House is in talks with airlines on. Poke, poke passports. Ticketmaster. Thehill.com. Exploring, verifying fans' poke, poke status before issuing concert passes. Uh-oh. And U.S. Uh, begins study assessing allergic reactions to Pfizer and Moderna poke, pokes. The National Institute of Health said today it has begun looking at why some people have suffered from severe, what they call allergic reactions, I'm going to call it poisoning, shortly after receiving the poke pokes from Pfizer and Moderna. Quote, the public understandably has been concerned about reports of rare, so the rare, severe allergic reactions to the poke pokes. Dr. Anthony Fauci, director of the National Institute of Allergy and Infectious Diseases, said in a statement, I don't know. At least they're doing an investigation. Facebook, MSN.com, data on 533 million users reemerges online for free. Y'all on Facebook? Oops. You're giving all your information away. The personal data of over half a billion Facebook users reemerged online for free Saturday. A reminder of the company's ability to collect mountains of information. And it struggles to protect these sensitive assets. Quote, this old data, it's old data, don't worry about it. It was previously reported in 2019, a Facebook spokesperson wrote in an email, it's old data, don't worry about it. It's just, it's just your old data. It's not your new stuff. It's just, it's just your old stuff, you know? You know? Hey, hey, I think you're kind of, you're kind of blowing this out of proportion. I don't believe so. We found it and fixed the issue in 2019. Sure you did. At the time, the company addressed a flaw in its technology that allowed the information to leak out. However, once such data escapes from Facebook's network, the company has limited power to stop it from spreading online. How does that make you feel? It's online for free. It's a, it's a conundrum. What we got here? Britain. Y'all pay attention. Britain. This is The Guardian. Britain to get first commercial refinery for extracting precious metals from e-waste. Some of y'all might have heard me talk about this last year. It's coming. The UK is to get its first commercial refinery for extracting precious metals from electronic waste, which will also be the world's first to use bacteria rather than the cyanide-based processes. And you're going to see more and more of this. They're going to start going into landfills to find electronics so they can harvest them. And last but not least, 
Goldman Sachs reportedly jumps in on the Bitcoin bandwagon. Goldman Sachs will reportedly soon offer its private wealth management clients avenues to invest in Bitcoin and other digital currencies. I told y'all the banks are going to embrace cryptocurrency because they are afraid of the Fed coin. How are they going to make money? How are they going to make interest? How are they going to offer products? If the Federal Reserve can just put coins directly into people's wallets. So you're going to see more and more banks embrace crypto. Mary Rich, who is about to become the new global head of digital assets for Goldman Sachs Private Wealth Management Division, said in an interview with CNBC that Goldman will be offering cryptocurrencies to investors sometime in the next three months. Goldman will announce Rich's new position, according to an internal company memo shared with CNN. In this newly created role, she will work closely with advisors to educate clients on blockchain technology and the digital assets ecosystem and seek to deliver content, investment offerings, and services. The memo said it's going down. What do you think? How do you feel? Well, that's it for current events, y'all. Appreciate y'all sticking with me. That was a lot. I know it was a lot. I'm sorry. But I'm not sorry. You need to know this. Um, real quick, there's a bill that's being introduced in the House of Representatives to amend the Internal Revenue Code of 1986 to clarify the gain and loss of the sale or exchange of certain coins or bullion is exempt from recognition. The short title, the Monetary Metals Tax Neutrality Act of 2021 is being pushed by Representative Mr. Mooney from West Virginia. I suggest y'all take a look at that. And right now, everyone has access to free weekly credit reports during the Pope Poke panorama and that's going for now until April 2022 so free weekly access to your credit reports you know doesn't sound like a bad thing it may be a good thing I guess that's left to be determined but that's it for current events y'all appreciate y'all the foundation are you ready to be private you know uh, look most people equate private to like discharge and stuff. I understand. That's what's up. But when I talk about private, I'm talking about private your private estate, your trusts, uh, your 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 structures that are private that don't owe their existence to legislative um, permission, so they're not governed by legislative authority, as well as your status. You know, <clears throat> your status as a man. Or your status as a woman or you know whatever it's all good so that's what we're going to talk about that are are you are you really ready to go private you ready to be private because you know when it comes to commerce when it comes to responsibilities when it comes to you know just everyday life a lot of us lack the necessary skills and discipline required to be successful in your private transition. So we're going to jump into that. 
And I'm just going to dive right in. So these are some things, these are some questions you should ask yourself. Are you ready to go private? Are you ready to be private? I'm going to start off with number one. What's, what's good with your execution? And when I say execution, I mean strictly the definition of execution. The act, the act of executing something, doing something, getting it done. The act or process of executing, performance, performing. How, how, how well at you are, are you at performing? Getting things done. Do you make excuses? Do you pass blame? Do you pass judgment? Do you, do you, you know, do you, do you put it off on other people? Oh, so and so didn't do what so and so was supposed to do. Or are you proper in your execution? Do you get? Can you make it happen? A lot of times, against all odds, things happen. Things come up. Can you get it done? That's requirement. It's an absolute requirement if you're looking to go private. Being able to execute, 100%. Next, you know, are you ready to go private? What's up with your accountability? Are you an accountable? Are you accountable? Are you an accountable person? Accountability is a noun. The state of being accountable or answerable. Responsibility for the fulfillment of obligations. Liability to account for conduct. Meet or suffer the consequences. There's no excuses. You can't blame nothing on anyone when you're private. You better do your dance as to hold a trustee to his accountability, the accountability of parents toward their children, the state of being accountable, liability to be called on to render on account the obligation to bear the consequences for failure to perform as expected. Answerable for, responsible for. How are you with accountability? Do you get loud with people when they try to hold you accountable? Hey, man, you didn't do what you're supposed to. Oh, man, I, I had oh, my foot, and then I tripped, and then my diabetes flared up, man. Don't ever ask me why. Mind your business. Are you, are you deflect? Do you project on the other people? When called to answer, from your for your lackings, for your mistakes, for your ineptitudes, for your errors, and for your ignorance, is your first instinct to attack? Because accountability feels like an attack to someone who's not willing or ready. To acknowledge how what you did or did not do affected someone else, affected the business, affected the the process we were attempting, affected the success of an endeavor. Are you ready to be private? How how are you on on the accountability level? One one through ten. Give give yourself you know that hey, hey, it's not it's not my business. This, this is all rhetorical questions. Are you ready to go private? Are you teachable? Teachable, meaning, hey, 
Is it, are you easily taught? Do you follow directions? Do you learn? Do you listen to understand or comprehend? Or do you listen just to say what you want to say next? When someone's speaking to you or describing something to you, are you actually attempting to comprehend what's being said? Or are you just waiting to say something? Do you cut people off in the middle of them speaking? Do you let them finish their thought? Are you respectful during conversation? How teachable are you? Are you ready to be private? Let's be honest. Proficiency. Proficient. Are you working or at a well-advanced position in an art, an occupation, or a branch of knowledge player? Specifically the branch of knowledge that I'm speaking on, if you are attempting or looking planning on being private you have to develop a proficiency in law various jurisprudences of law or bodies of law you got common law you got positive law you have commercial law you have business law and contract law just to say the minimum Proficiency required if you're looking to be private, if you feel that you're ready to be private. What is your proficiency level of common law, of statutory law, commercial law, business law, and contract law? It's a good question. Are you prepared and ready to be private? Do you understand what a fiduciary is? A fiduciary is a person that acts on behalf of another putting that person, in this case, the trust, interest ahead of their own with a duty to preserve good faith and trust. Being a fiduciary thus requires being bound both legally and ethically to act in the other's best interest. Fiduciary is legally bound to put their client's best interest ahead of their own fiduciary duties appear in a range of business relationships, including a trustee and a beneficiary, corporate board members, and shareholders and executors and legatees. Our fiduciary's responsibilities and duties are both ethical and legal. When a party knowingly accepts a fiduciary duty, which is what you're doing when you become a trustee on behalf of another party, which is the trust, they are required to act in the best interest of the principal, i.e. the trust, client, or party whose assets they are managing. This is known as the prudent person standard of care, a standard that originally stems from an 1830 court ruling. This formulation of the prudent person rule required that a person acting as a fiduciary was required to act first and foremost with the needs of the beneficiaries in mind. Strict care must be taken to ensure no conflict of interest arises between the fiduciary and the principal. Are you ready to be private? 
Do you understand what it means to be a fiduciary? Do you understand that it's a legal and ethical duty and responsibility when when you become a fiduciary? I don't know. Are you ready to be private? It's hey, rhetorical questions, y'all. What about critical thinking? You possess critical thinking skills? Necessary. Absolutely necessary if you're going private. Critical thinking, which is a noun. Disciplined thinking that is clear, rational, open-minded, and informed by evidence. Not thoughts. Not ideologies. Not persuasions. Not interpretations. Not beliefs, evidence. You're not ready to go private if someone asks you, hey, why'd you do that? Oh, I thought, I thought it was, I, I thought. That's not, it's not going to work. You're not ready. You need to stay in the public a little longer. You need to chill. A lot of people bite off more than they can chew. And, you know, for me, it's so sad. It's, it's so sad when you see it. Critical thinking. The application of logical principles, rigorous standards of evidence, and careful reasoning to the analysis and discussion of claims, beliefs, and issues. The process of, think, um, sorry, the process of thinking carefully about a subject or idea without allowing feelings or opinions to affect the outcome. Critical thinking is the analysis of facts to form a judgment. Critical thinking is self-directed, self-disciplined, self-monitored, and self-corrective thinking. Are you in control of yourself? Do you, do you do you do you possess what is required with regards to critical thinking skills? Consistency. Are you ready to be, are you ready to be private? Do you possess the consistency necessary because this is what's up? I've been private for years. I'm trying to tell y'all. Consistency, y'all. Harmony of conduct or practice. A firmness of constitution or character. The ability to be asserted together without contradiction. Can you be consistent? Basically, Continue to do it over and over. When it's raining, when there's hail, it could be a tornado. It could be a panorama. You could have just got the poke poke. One of your one of your people's got hit by a truck. Hey, life happens. Life happens to all of us. The hallmark of someone who's ready to be private is what is achieved above and beyond the everyday rigmarole. We all have the deal with, we all have children, you know, not all of us, 
you know, most of us have children or we all have responsibilities. We all have things to do, things to take care of, provide, protect, nurture. You know, we all have things to do. Like somewhere to be. I got to go to the store. I got to do this, blah, blah, blah. If your daily activities, your daily responsibilities can disrupt the consistency of you handling your business in the private, you're not ready. Not ready. You got too many excuses. Ain't nobody trying to hear that. You're going to get yourself in trouble and you're going to mess up people's stuff. You're going to mess up your own stuff. You're going to have be asked questions that you can't answer. And it's going to be a problem. Dedication. Are you ready to be private? Do you like dedication? Dedication, also known as self-sacrificing devotion or loyalty. People think it's all, all fun and games. Roses and soft pillows. I'm going to go private. It's going to be easy. Okay, cool. You think so. All right. Most of, most of us aren't used to handling and being responsible for the magnitude of responsibilities that accompany being private. A lot of us, you know, I've had many trustees get into the training and get overwhelmed very quickly. I didn't know I have to handle all this and be responsible for all this and read all this and know all this and, and, you know, take care of all this. Truth. It happens all the time. Do you possess the necessary dedication required to self-sacrificing, self-sacrificing devotion and loyalty? Self-sacrificing. I want to go to clubs. Self-sacrificing. I want those Jordans. Self-sacrificing. I want to watch the show instead of reading and studying. Self-sacrificing. Most people don't possess it. Most people don't have it. Oh, you know, I missed the training. I had such and such. You know, I haven't been in training. I know I ain't called you in a while. And da 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 Man, all that stuff makes y'all feel better. It don't make me feel better. All I'm hearing is I don't possess the self-sacrificing qualities necessary for me to be private. I know it's a little harsh, but sometimes, you know, we need that tough love. You ready to be private? Can you check yourself? For real. Are you able to tolerate and not get weird and emotional and triggered when someone else checks you? Yeah, no, so it wasn't the fact that they was, you know, telling me it was the way they said it, man. It was disrespectful. Man, look, I ain't trying to hear that. People have the right to be irritated. People have the right to to be upset, disappointed. And it's, it's not a viable reason or option as far as I'm concerned to try to find a flaw in the communication when the communication is about where you messed up and you're trying to be held accountable. That's that kindergarten dance and the kindergarten dance is very rudimentary. It's old. It's not impressive. Especially when you're seeing a kindergarten dance being performed by a non-kindergartner. All that stuff is, is, is cute. 
you see kids get on stage, and then they start doing a little, and you know, half of them are messing up, and they're smiling, and it's cute. It ain't cute watching a grown adult, grown ass adult, do a kindergarten dance, man. You ain't ready to go private, hands down. Good luck with that. Are you a self-starter? You gonna get up out of bed? Let me tell you all this. I don't work a job. I ain't worked a job in a grip. I'm not. I'm, my schedule is dictated by me. But really, my schedule is dictated by my fiduciary responsibilities to multiple entities, both public and private, and the responsibility of me being a father, provider, protector, being a friend, being a brother, being a son. And I know I know what it means to self-sacrifice. I know what it means to be able to and be required to follow through on my execution. I know what it means to be accountable. I know what it means to be proficient. I know what it means to be a fiduciary. I know what it means to possess critical thinking skills. I know what it means to be consistent and dedicated in my pursuits and responsibilities. It has afforded me the so-called apparent success that most of y'all see. When you deal with me or you speak with me or whatever. Hard work, consistency, dedication. A lot of people ask me personal estate questions. How is your setup, Soap? What do you do? I get it. I get it. Y'all trust me, and I'm honored. But number one, I'm under non-disclosure regarding my private estate. Number two, every estate will be administered differently. Whether it's your assets, businesses, and execution, all of it will vary. I'm not, first of all, I'm not finna breach the non-disclosure. And second of all, I'm not finna let y'all pattern after me, because whenever you have a problem... If you're, you're going to depend on me. You need to learn how to depend on yourself if you're going private. Of course, I'm here to help and assist. But understanding the demarcation line between me assisting you and me doing stuff for you is required. It will take critical thinking and accountability. Now, I'm not talking about any one person in particular, you know. But this is something I've come across for the years that I've been here on High Frequency Radio Network and dealing with people who are looking to go private, who are looking to take more control of their life, control of their labor, control of their assets, control of their mind, control of their emotions. And a lot of us, a lot of us desire, are desirous of things, situations, opportunities, but most of us are not accountable enough to acknowledge that we are not ready and that there is work to be done. Preparations must be made before we have specific abilities or options realistically. But that's just me. I could be completely outside of all parameters of the realm of reality. You know, I could be, you know, completely out of my mind. And if that's the case, it's what's up. 
But I ask a question here on the foundation on High Frequency Radio Network. Are you ready to be private? I know you want to be private. I know you feel like you need to be private. And I know most of y'all feel like you deserve to be private for all of these reasons that you've come up with in your mind. But I ask the rhetorical question, are you ready to be private? I know it's tough love, but it's love nonetheless. So, I mean, there it is. I'm going to go to the phone lines. No, man, I'm going to do a couple calls. Definitely going to do a couple calls, but I really wanted to kick this. I wanted to kick this to y'all. You know, it's not all, you know, rainbows and sprinkles and glitter, man. Anyone or anything that you see successful, nine times out of ten, you don't witness what goes in for that alleged success. You just see the result or the effect of the cause. And if y'all paying attention, I just gave y'all a lot of the causes necessary to, to have the resulting effect that you are desirous of. Make no mistake, it's not easy. And you aren't owed anything. No one owes you a thing. But it's in front of you, it's right there. Just reach out and take it and stop expecting people to bring it to you because that's not how it works in the private. You got to come out of these negative and destructive thought processes and thought patterns if you would like to be private, successfully be private. A lot of people go private and it be too much and they turn around and they go back to the public. They go back to sleep. It's too, hey, 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 you know, I was studying, I put it down and I'm coming back. I've heard that many times. And I understand what it is. A lot of times you get the wrong um, uh Mentor, you get a guru sometimes. But sometimes it's just, you know, overwhelming. And I get it. But are you ready to be private? Hey, check it out. We got about 60 seconds left in the broadcast. If you are listening to the show online, you want to call in. The number is 563-999-3625. Or you will be disconnected and you will need to listen to the archive episode to catch the rest of the episode show. You know what I mean? Just letting you know. You got like 30 seconds. And we might we about to go to the stream. So I'm gonna go to the first caller. Looks familiar. The number looks familiar. Area code 718-8092. Peace. What's your name? Where are you calling from? Peace. So just me, Dara. How you doing? What's up, Daryl? With the deal, Daryl from Brownsville. Good to hear from you, man. How you doing, brother? I'm all right. You know, I ran into Dorothy and I asked her how she did it. She said, click your heels and said, no place like the foundation. So that's what I did. <laughs> <laughs> well, welcome home, brother. Welcome home. All right. Thank you. Um, listen, uh, what is poke poke? Uh, the poke poke. You know, there's, there's certain words that I don't say. Okay, okay. You know? No problem. No problem. 
But the, the, the poke poke is basically the, the, the vaccine, man. Okay. Now, check poke, this poke. out. Yep. Now, um, I put something in the chat, right? Now, everybody got their uh, vaccination, I guess, from one source, right? And um, if they got it from one source, I don't see why. It, you know, if this thing was global and everybody got their, you know, vaccine, their medicine from one source. Um, and I think, like, all of them jumping on the bad wagon, you know? So they told you, you were talking about the global tax, and I think that's going to happen because, look, all of them got the vaccination and the medicine from one source. And, um, and you know, so they're going to get it from one source, too. But I, I got another something, too, my hypothesis. So, like, if you got, like, a mask in your face and somebody throws um, gas in your face, now um, that cloth right there that you have on your face still has that, like, if somebody sprinkle a bottle of water on you, or they like you know somebody like you know them what they call them then them tailgating parties and they you know pour water on you and that's the way I look at it, like when it comes to mass you know you you got that right there and then you got all the whatever coming at you and you as a filter and it's still right there on your face it's not going anywhere you know yeah instead of like you take it off and you don't inhale it anymore but they walking around steady picking up this stuff on their face. You know, um, the, you know, PPE, personal protection equipment. You know, they walking around with this stuff that's like a cloth, that's a filter, and it's something like in the ear, like wet. How many people are gonna take that off and then exchange it? Exchange it? How often do they exchange this mask throughout the day so they don't get a buildup of, of you know, some fumes from the, the cars and everything like that? And I and I wonder, you know, all this pollution. Cause pollution is a big thing. You know, so I'm wondering like. Are they trying to protect the people from pollution? You know, and it's really not some type of like, you know, some type of disease out here, whatever they want to call it right now, this COVID. I think it's some type of pollution thing, you know, because like, you know, it's like, I, I think it's a really pollution thing. I think that's why they really did, you know, and um, whether they want to call it um, pollution or disease or, you know, however they want to classify it. Because, you know, a janitor went from being a plumber, a custodian, there's so many um, names they gave, um, you know, a super, from, from being a super, a janitor, a custodian, a plumber. And it, to me, it was like all the same thing. So what do they call this thing now? Is it pollution or is it disease? You know, so, you know, you walking around with this mask on, you only got one, and you walking around with it all day. You know, there's nobody around. I've seen, like, videos. These people are in the jungle. No, Nobody's around, and they walking with masks. Nobody's around in the jungle. Who's in the jungle? You got cats. You know, tying anacondas. No people are out there. And you got people walking around with masks. It just doesn't make sense. You know? Yeah. And, um, you know, they talk about, they talk, keep um, eight foot. Why? If there's no people in the jungle, there's no need to keep eight foot from a, a tiger or something like that. Or a lion or, you know, anything out there in the jungle. But I, I think it's, it's a pollution thing. If anything, I think maybe they should protect their eyes from particles. Or maybe have some type of really respirator to protect yourself from gas, from the fumes or, or the automobile or something like that. You know, it's just certain chemicals in the area, you know. But elsewhere, just keeping that on your, that mask on your face and this car going by you and those fumes just building up on the mask, building up on the mask. Now it's like it's more, you know, or the, the gas or the, you know, the fuel they're making, gasoline, whatever they're making um, today. If that's like, you know, hazardous on the skin or whatever. You know, they need to let people know. You know, but um but how many people are looking into the production of 
Are people using more cars now? Is it more pollution now? Why are they saying? Because they don't say a lot of things like they used to say. Like in New York, they used to say asthma was up in the Bronx. They want anybody to move up uptown. It was high asthma rate. You know, there was it just area has high asthma rate, and there's so much pollution up there. George Washington Bridge, all type of crazy stuff. You know, but um, but that's how it is. Otherwise, you know, everything is alright. So um, I'm here now. You know, like um, my son, I he's been diagnosed with um. You know, um, type 1 diabetes So I had to resign from my job You know, I'm not going to chase money over him He doesn't like anybody He doesn't like me talking about his business to anybody The funny thing, I remember years ago um, When I used to come on the show He used to be crying in the background But yeah, you know, he was little then, he was an infant Now he's 8 years old, amazing (laughs) Back then he was like 1, 2 Time flies, man Time flies Especially with them little ones. Yeah, I think you said something very, uh, very astute, very, very, uh, with your, you know, you, you showcased your critical thinking skills when you, you, when you talked about the buildup of the particles and the buildup of, you know, maybe the, the certain substances due to the reusing of the mask. How many people actually, you know, uh, use a new mask? When they go out and stuff and, and you got stuff building up And then you're breathing through that mask That has all that build up on You know I think I didn't even think about that I didn't even think about that I think that's That's very smart To think about that Because it's something I never thought of And that you're probably right I don't think very many people Are using new masks um, And they're just you know re, Reusing them Because most people Aren't even with the mandate And if you are using a mask You know if you're not with it If it's not something that you know, you agree with or what have you, you know, how much, how much fiat are you going to invest in something that you're not really with? So I see a lot of people reusing masks and, you know, they sell reusable masks. I'm seeing, um, ads on, you know, um, social media and different platforms and stuff like that, where, you know, these different companies are coming out with masks with the designs and, and so on and so forth. So, and that's a very, very, very astute observation. Very, very astute. I like that. I'm glad you're black. One thing one thing when you got that mask, that mask acts like a ma- a magnet, you know. It's it's a, it's a magnet to all the vehicles passing by, to everybody sneezing. It's a magnet, you know. It's a magnet, you know, because it's, it's it's catching it. I mean, it, it may not be like you know how they have like um um different thing. They got like um by oral, they got like uh subliminal, you know. As far as when like you know things, how you take medication, you know, what you take like you know. I I forgot all the terms of that, you know. I've been far. Remove from all the um the, the terminology of how you get medication, but you know you can be like on the on the skin, or you can take by oral, you know different ways. But when you have that mask on, it's like a magnet. You know you got everything building up on that magnet from like fumes from this vehicle, from that person coughing, from everything. It's on that mask, and you know if you if you just walk around, you know how often do you change it? If you don't change it so often, you just like so like if you walk in one mile. Now, you don't acquire a whole mile of stuff on that map. When do you change it? So then now you can be, you don't have to um, ingest that stuff. You don't have to breathe that stuff anymore. How often do you change it? Do you change it every mile? Do you change it every two miles? That match, you know, so when they don't do this, this is like sooner or later, people are going to get ailments um, from, from wearing that mask. But I was looking at other people. They got these little things behind their ear. People getting rashes behind their ear. And for the medical field, they have these little garbs that they have buttons on top of their head. And they hook their masks onto to the top of their, their headpiece. 
They don't put it on their ears. But how many people know this? You know, how many people got rash behind the ear because this mask is like, you know, behind the ear? How many people talk about that? And how many people know about what the medical people do? They have like the little button on their little headpiece and they hook like the little um the thing on top of the um on their little hat. They don't hook it behind the ear. They hook it on top of their head. But you know, listen, so um I'm gonna let you take the next call. You know, um I'm glad all the listeners are here. The speakers are here. And uh, I know one day we're going to build, we're going to structure this thing right so we can do business among, you know, um, you know, connect amongst one one another, whether it be whatever. You know, somebody in town, somebody do Airbnb, we all go hook up, you know? Oh, yeah, absolutely, man. I appreciate I appreciate you calling him, man. It's good to hear your voice again, bro. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, we're going to link up. We're going to link up. But, yeah, thanks right. for calling in. Enjoy yourself, man. I'll talk to you soon. Okay. Right, you family. too. Thanks for adding to Peace. the foundation. Really appreciate that. Okay, so I'm a, I'll take another caller or two, maybe just one, maybe four. I don't know. But for sure, we're going to do this one. 336-6379. Area code 336-6379. Peace. Which name were you calling from? Three three six six three seven nine. Yo, try your mute button. You might be muted. No, sound like you're walking up the stairs. All right, I'm out. What time is it? Man, let's wrap it up. Let's wrap it up. Y'all know me. I like to wrap it up, B. Wrap it up, B. But, yo, this was the show. Are you ready to be private? You know? One of the things about what we do here at the foundation is, is this is not a business. It may it may appear in some ways to function in, in a manner that you are familiar with as far as a business functions, but in all actuality, the foundation is something like a charity. You understand what I'm saying? And I'm not in the business of having people sign up and, and, and selling and doing a bunch of promotions and advertising and things like that. It's not, that's not what it's about. This is, you know, a, a, a guard post or something. I don't know how to properly explain what I'm trying to articulate, but my mission isn't to get as many people in trustee training or get as, get as many people to get the trust series or the passport, no social or anything. That's not my mission. My mission is to educate. We're here to reestablish the foundational understanding of doing business and transacting commercially. And, you know, our understanding of what it takes, our understanding of what success is, and our understanding of our abilities and what we're capable of doing. You know, we, we're looking to assist in the uplifting of fallen humanity. We're looking to also really educate those who need the education 
with regards to how to do business in your new name, how to properly administer structures that are not governed by states, how to control your labor, to honor yourself, your creator, your ancestors, your parents, so on and so forth, and really, really put yourself in a position to where you can capitalize on your labor, your life, and energy that you will not get back and was not granted to you by the Internal Revenue Service or the United States or any state. And in my opinion, that's, you know, in a way coming more into divine alignment. And of course, workmen is worthy of they hire. There are certain things that are necessary. There's an energy exchange required universal principles natural law I'm not going against the universe I'm not going against natural law for anyone so when I when we ask the question are you ready to be private it's not to discourage you it's to inform you it's to make you think it's to let you know like I said it's not all glitter sprinkles And candy grams, you know what I'm saying? It's not it's not all happiness and, and and mystical, you know, fuzzy framed focused pictures. It's, it's you know, it's not about the look. When you're on private, it's about the results. And in order to get the proper results, you gotta check you gotta check yourself. You gotta you gotta check yourself as far as your execution, your accountability, your proficiency, what it is to be a fiduciary, your critical thinking. You know, your dedication, being able to self-start, get up, get out of bed, put the game down, handle your business. Tomorrow's not promised. And if you know about the foundation, you know that your private estate is tore up and it's been tore for generations. And it's on you to reestablish your private estate. And in order to do that, you're going to have to do things that you weren't taught by your parents or your uncles or, or the people that you went to school with. You have to do extra. You have to do more to fulfill that duty to your ancestors, to the universe, to the creator, to whatever, to yourself. And I don't want you to think that this is all roses and soft satin sheets in the private it's not it takes work it takes self-discipline it's 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 the how can i but also it's very empowering and it's very very rewarding but rewarding and empowering are the two words that keep coming to my mind and if that's what you're looking for if you feel that you are ready to be private, email me. Admin at welcome to the foundation.com. Let's chop it up about trustee training. But it's on you, you know. This isn't, I don't sell people, I don't close the sale. It's all about offer and acceptance. We in the private. We make offers, you either accept or you decline. I'm not going to argue with you. I'm not going to convince you that this is what you need and this is what you're supposed to be doing for yourself and your family. I'm not, I'm not here to convince you. You know. Deep down, you know. 
You can tell people this. You can tell me stuff. You can even tell your yourself stuff. But you know. You know what it is. And so do I. So. Are you ready to be private? Are you? Be honest. Be honest with yourself. Because if you're not, get ready. And understand that, you know, this isn't for everybody. It's not. And that's okay. It is. It really is. But as I said, if, if you feel that you're ready, at least, you know, to begin, then email me. Admin at welcometothefoundation.com. I would suggest that you sign up for the email list. There's exclusive offers and possibilities on that email list. Or not. Do your dance. You ain't got to listen to me. You grown, right? You grown. Can't you can't, I'm grown. You grown. You definitely grown. And I respect that. But those, those that can hear, I know you hear me. And those that can see, I know you see. Those that can feel, I know you feel me. You know what I mean? I'm in a great mood. I trust you're in a great mood. I trust you had a great week thus far. And I trust that you enjoyed the show, the foundation here on High Frequency Radio Network. Are you ready to be private? So make sure you check out welcometothefoundation.com. Sign up for the email list. You know, check out the education tab. Check out the PDF tab. You know, uh, sign up for the Discord if you if you want to. You know, if you're interested in that, you can email the secretary, secretary at welcometothefoundation.com. She'll get you plugged into the Discord server. She'll get you plugged on the Clubhouse app, which is only for iOS currently. But we see it expanding to Android devices very soon. And if you feel that you are ready to be private, you're ready to be a trustee, email me, admin at welcometothefoundation.com. But, you know, you got to be willing to be disciplined. You got to be willing to be uh, introspective. You got to be willing to understand that you're, you're flawed. You have flaws. You have errors. And if you can't look at them, if you can't address them, you're going to have a problem going private. The public, you, you know, you can get away with a lot of stuff. Private, not so much. So with that being said, I look forward to dealing with you, assisting you in your private transition. It would be an honor and a privilege to help you do that dance. So I encourage you to email me, admin at welcome to the foundation.com. If you want to get in the Discord server, you want to understand how to join us on Clubhouse. I've been consistent, jumping on Clubhouse, Let's Talk Tuesdays, I'm a guest, it's luxurious, I was on there until like 3, 4 o'clock in the morning last night, or this morning or something, but it was the vibe, as my boy Brown Santa says, we was vibing, so with that being said, y'all, y'all enjoy yourself, take care of yourself so you can take care of others. Show love instead of hate. Begin to focus or continue to focus on the positive things more than the negative. Be appreciative of what you have and quit focusing on what you don't have. If you are tripping on what you don't have, then you should be thinking about what you're going to get versus what you don't have. You see how I flipped it? You see that? 
I'm focused on what I'm going to achieve and what I will receive versus what I do not have. Flip it. Flip it on them. But I trust you picked up what I was putting down, the foundation. Are you ready to be private? I appreciate y'all. Y'all have a great week. Enjoy yourself. Take care of yourself. Make sure you say 10 things that you're thankful for before you go to sleep tonight and every night because it is important. And I will catch you next week on the same time, same network, the hottest radio network on the planet, High Frequency Radio Network. I've been, I'm your host, So L, Seeker of Truth, L, Speaker of Truth, L. It has been my pleasure. And I will catch you next time. Be easy. Be good. Be safe. Peace to the gods. Doing this thing all the way live. High frequency radio.